Hi, this Vanessa, is Katie Toronto from, the big, hi. from the meeting in Michigan. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Today is March 6, 2017. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 12. Beginning with the second paragraph, my friend suggested what then seemed. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Sarah S., the 12 Traditions, Marita P., and reading the literature today are Judy S., Lisa B., and Carmela G. The share ID for March 5, 2017, a special edition meeting is 9685. 9685. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sarah S. to read the 12 steps, please. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Sarah S. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater from Maine. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all those defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Sarah S. I will now ask Marita P. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, I'm Marietta P. from Virginia and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. Our loving God is he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money and property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions. Ever remind us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Marietta. P. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 12, beginning with the second paragraph. My friend suggested what then seems 
reading through three paragraphs ending at, of course I would. The second and third paragraph is read for context only. Comments focus on the fourth paragraph. I will now ask Judy S. to begin reading. Thank you, Santa. Good morning, everybody. My name is Judy S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from upstate New York. My friend suggested what then seemed a novel idea. He said, why don't you choose your own conception of God? That statement hit me hard. It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. I stood in the sunlight at last. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Would I have it? Of course I would. Well, as I said earlier, I am Judy Esther Recovered gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from upstate New York. And um, this is where uh, Bill is, um, you know, talking about step two, Um, you know, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves. Um, So, you know, nothing more, those two words. So the only thing that's required, nothing more, to make a beginning. So for me to start in this program, for me to get what I see in other friends and fellows who are on Vision for You who say they're recovered, the only thing required of me is to be willing to believe in a power greater than myself. And that's why step one is so important to do perfectly, 100%. Because if I'm still hanging on to that, I have some control over this or I have some way to help me, that I don't need a power greater than myself, I can't make that beginning. So, you know, this this step two, you know, this is that foundation of complete willingness. You know, the first step, honesty. We have to be honest and admit that we're powerless. And then this foundation of complete willingness and complete, it has to be total. And if I'm not willing to, you know, willing to, to believe in this, um, then I have to at least go, okay, well, how about all these other people who are saying they're recovered and it worked for them? Maybe, you know, I, I have written in my uh, my book here, well, act as if you're willing to believe. <laughs> you know, it's it's that, you know, throughout this book and as we continue reading through the, the beginning chapters, it tells us here's why it works and here's what you need to do. The directions are here. And I did that. And would I have this? Of course I would. Oh, my gosh. I'm so grateful that I have this program and this fellowship. And with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Judy S. 
Who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read? Nessa R. This is Larry. I heard Larry. Nessa R. Vasa O. Tina S. Melissa C. Okay. Kim Vasa O. Suji. Tina S. Nessa R. Suji. Okay, we're going to stop here for who I have right now, and we'll come back again to. Back again. I'm gonna have Nessa R, Larry K, Melissa C, Vasa O, Kim G, and I think I heard Sue G. Good morning, Nessa R. Thank you. Good morning. I'm sorry, Santa. I didn't realize you had heard me. This uh, Nessa R recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, I have always believed in God. I have always believed that God could and would help me. What required um, an adjustment on my part as part of my step two was um, the realization of the role that I had to play in this whole thing. Uh, because up until my recovery, my, I don't know, partnership with God was uh, really one-sided. And it was basically, God, you do all the work. I, I, I make no effort and you do all the work. You know, please help me stop eating while I'm stuffing my face with all kinds of things. You know, please, let, please take off all the weight. Allow me to be thin, even though, um, I, you know, I still want to eat all the cheesecake I, I want to eat. Um, so for me, step two was the realization that um, I have a role to play in it, that I have my job and God has my job. Now, I haven't done anything in step two. Step two is just the realization that the work um, that I need to do is, is to come. Because at this point, I was so blocked from God, and I guess... That is why I thought that God could and should do everything I wanted just because, you know, I was a good girl. You know, God, I, I've been so good on my diet for three days. Now take off all the, you know, 70 pounds um, just in the blink of an eye because, you know, I've been good for three days. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You know, I have to do my footwork and then the outcome is up to God, and I think that that is the realization that I came to um, in step two. And so what is my work? My work is in making sure that I unblock myself from God, and what unblocks me from God, um, what in my case, what unblocked me from God was the working of the steps, you know, um, learning a new thought process, um, using the steps one through nine, and then practicing that thought process um, in steps 10, 11, and 12 that, that, um, that keep me unblocked, that replaced my old thought process, my all or nothing, my, you know, um, um, food will help me where no, nothing else can kind of thought process to God will help me, but God will help me when I do my part, when I recognize, you know, that um, I am an actor in this play as well. And... Um, you know, once once I did that, oh, amazing things happened. I mean, the least of it was the fact that, that the weight came off, and I wasn't even focused on the weight loss. It kind of just happened. It's like all of a sudden people started saying, you know, wow, you look amazing. You're, you know, you're so much smaller, et cetera. Even, even though I, I wasn't even recognizing it at, the, at, the point, at that point, people started calling me skinny mini and, and all these things. But, you know, the, the wonderful thing was that... that in so I'm blocking myself from, from uh, uh, you know, 
uh, from God. I, I was um, I was open to to God as a solution instead of the food, but I had a part to play, and that was my realization um, in step two. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Nessa R. Good morning, Larry K. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. Uh, appreciate it. Larry K. Recovered uh, compulsive overeater from Chicago. So we're reading in here about this uh, this process of says it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. And what this reminds me for me is um, I was willing to believe up until the point that I would start to feel better. I wanted to feel better. And you know when I wanted to feel better? I wanted to feel better now. So, God, I'm going to put you on a timer here, this God of my understanding, and you better deliver. Now, I didn't say those words, but that's certainly the way I operated. See, I was, to be attached is to live in fear, in the fear that what you want is not going to materialize. And the problem with that for a guy like me is it traps me in a continuous state of desire. God, I'm going to put you on a timer here. Do I get three minutes? Go. I'll, I'll be willing to believe. Now you perform. Let's go. Pick it up. Pick up the pace here, God. I was in a continuous state of desire. I was dictating the terms. You know, attachment to anything or anyone turns, you know, my love into fear and my belief into doubt. But in contrast, faith allows me to detach myself from the outcome. And it, it transforms my desires, you know, uh, just allowing for this to unfold. In other words, can I detach myself from the outcome and can I just be open to the possibility that there may be a power greater than me not me, that could restore me to sanity. If I can be open to that possibility and then get busy with the work, get out my axe, get out there and chop, chop the wood, one, one chop at a time, to the best of my ability, as only an imperfect human being can do, and detach myself from the outcome and trust in the process, this process of action, Trust in the process of action. I was told that again and again by a wise individual. And when I, would, when I do that, eventually I began to change and I began to transform. So that was a big part for me. You know, sometimes we could just look at this and say, oh, sure, yeah, I'm willing to believe. Go. Here's your timer, God. I'll give you a day. I'll give you a week. And as long as you keep the cravings at bay, I'll keep you around. God is not my errand boy. Not today. Thank God for this practical program of action. It's all action and change. But that'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Good morning, Melissa C. Hi. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just love uh, how easy it really is. I mean, it, well, how simple it really is. And, and, I I made it such a big deal for so long, like this um, this God thing, you know, like just the word scared me. And really, step two is just realizing 
um, and, and admitting that there has to be something more powerful that could restore me. And, you know, and so what's crucial at this point to know that you're desperate. I mean, that's what it was for me. I had to, I had to really feel complete desperation that every other solution um, was ineffective. And, and then I realized, of course, there's something more powerful than powerful than me, because I was powerless to this thing, and I had all the evidence that I needed just right in in my life. I could see that I was that I was powerless, and and it made perfect sense that there had to be something that that was more powerful because there were people that I heard that were recovered, and so you know when I think about willingness and how it, that is essential. Like, if you're not willing, there's no point. There's nothing that any sponsor could say. There's nothing that any literature could say um, until you really reach the point of willingness. But how do we cultivate, you know, willingness? What does that come from? And I think, you know, when I think about willingness, it comes first from desperation and then from hope. There has to be a seed of hope. And you know, and that's where I found my higher power. It was just that simple that there was a spark of hope alive inside me. And I knew there had to be because I was still trying. Like, despite all the, you know, um, failures I had, um, I was still trying. And so there must have been a glimmer of hope. And, you know, and so I started calling in and I started listening and I realized, um, hey, I was willing because here I was making an attempt. And, it was that easy. And so, um, you know, that willingness, though, is essential, and nobody can give it to you. Like, that just comes from, you know, um, it's like an inside, that's a God thing. And and I have to be that level of willingness right now, every single day. Um, thank you, God, I am. And that's, you know, and that's where I can have a connection with my higher power. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. And thank you, Melissa C. Good morning, Vasa O. Yes, good morning, Santa, and good morning, everyone. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive Vita calling from Florida. And I love this uh, sentence here. It was only a matter of, begin- of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning and uh, I, all the pressure was taken off me when I heard that from my sponsor. So the pressure was taken off me trying to control the food over the years. Now I'm going to trust and I'm going to rely in a, in a God or power greater than myself, not on myself because I relied my whole life how to put the food down. And uh, so um, I had the willingness, and that willingness came from me from the pain and the suffering I endured over the years, the physical, emotional, and spiritual part. It wasn't just the physical. And I did put the focus on the physical at first, you know, always wanting to take the weight off. You know, I was always trying to diet and control, and I, I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I was just so ready and willing. I, you know, 
I, I was ready and willing. It was going to kill me anyways. So uh, I did have the willingness, and I'm so grateful that, you know, yes, it's, you know, I didn't, you know, I did come just to lose the weight, you know, but, uh, you know, I stayed for the sanity. I remember hearing the programs, you know, I came for the vanity, but I stayed for the sanity. And I'm just so grateful I have done that. And, uh, again, I was ready and willing. And that has been, it has stopped, yeah. I have had pain and suffering over the years, but I learned how to deal with that stuff without running for the food to make me feel good or to make me comfortable. Just to go naturally and normally like everybody else does. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Vasa O. Good morning, Kim G. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. It was only the matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing, nothing more was required of me to make a beginning. You know, I don't know if you're the kind of compulsive overeater I am, but, you know, I'm the kind of compulsive overeater that wants the degree, and then maybe I'll take some classes. And that was one of the frustrations at step two, because, see, step two is simply the conclusion I need a power. The steps don't promise me conscious contact with that power until I get to step 11. But, you know, I want the results now. I think at step two I should have this overwhelming feeling of a God in my life, and I'm not supposed to. What I'm supposed to, what the the steps are teaching me is do you need a power? Is your step one experiences of powerlessness enough to propel you to the conclusion that you need a power in step two? And I'm just going to go to We Agnostics, which teaches us that. It's a chapter I avoided for many years in Overeaters Anonymous. And there are two different sentences I'm going to read that really were my entire step two, which is very simple. And on page 52, it says, our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. I was convinced in my step one that my ideas didn't work and were never going to work. And I don't know if I believe in this God idea, but I saw recovered people in front of me who I believed were once like me. And I believe when they told me that the God idea worked for them, that that belief that worked for them was enough for me to take step two. And then on page 53, it says that God is everything or God is nothing. What is our choice to be? Now, it wasn't even God for me. I had to make a decision. Was this 12-step life, a way of life, everything, or was it nothing? Was I going to make the directions in this big book everything, or if it was nothing? It was asking me if I was all in, and that was all that was required to move forward. I complicated step two for many, many years. And I, was, I feel like I was told, at least I heard, that I had to believe in God in step two. If God's the solution, and I can do that in step two, then why don't we have just a two-step program? There would be no need to do the rest of the steps. You know, and this is, once again, if you're a compulsive overeater of the type that I am, if you have that same experience, I just want to share this. I was told to pray from the very beginning. And let me tell you, that was very frustrating because I was praying to something I didn't quite believe in and I was praying to something I didn't have access to and I thought I was doing it wrong. It was more important for me to work in the book and trust the book and do what the book told me. And the praying and the conscious contact with God was going to come in step 11 because I would get frustrated and angry of why I was saying prayers and my prayers weren't being answered, because I was praying to a Santa Claus God. It wasn't until I got into step 11 that I had access to a power greater than myself that solved my problem. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Kim G. And Sue G. Good morning. This is Sue G. from Michigan, recovered by the grace of God. To keep this in context, I will have to back up a little bit. Um, Ebby was sharing a religious idea of God, and that's what um, the personal God is what Bill could not accept. His concept of God was was something that he, uh, coming from his past, he couldn't accept. But when when Ebby said, "Choose your own concept," everything melted away, and he said, "You know." that he needed to, it was just the beginning, he, a willing to believe in a power greater than myself. He was willing to believe in in God, a power greater than himself, but just not what Ebby was presenting because he had too many bad memories. Um, they said nothing more was required to make my beginning. It was just the beginning for Bill um, to have his own concept of God. And he said he saw that growth could start from that point. So all we're asking for, and all that's required or suggested, is that we have that beginning, that we do something, have a own concept of God, um, so that we can grow from there. And he wanted what Abby had. He wanted the whole shot, but he knew that at this point he was at a beginning. And he was willing to be there. But he also wanted that growth. He knew that it was just the beginning and there'd be growth from that. And there was growth. He never joined a church. He never, um, like they said, many did, but some didn't. An organization. He never did. But he had a deep faith, deep spiritual experience, a, a, a bright experience. Um, but it didn't come right away. But he he he, he prayed um, to that power greater than himself until that growth came, until he had what Abby had, and with that I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Sue G. If you're just joining us, we are on page twelve, and our comments is focused on the fourth paragraph that begins with "If only I was willing to believe." If only it was only a matter of of willing, of being willing. We will continue. Who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on that? Carolyn is Janice M. Tina S. Janice M. Tina S. Monica T. Tina S. Elise M. One more time. I heard M. Elise. Sarah W. Elise M. Anyone else? Sarah W. Sarah W. Okay, this is who I have. I have Carolyn S. H., Janice M., Monica T., Tina S., Elise M., and Sarah W. Good morning, Carolyn S. H. Hi, good morning, Santa. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. I'm taking myself off speaker. Okay. Hi, good morning, everyone. Carolyn S. H. Gratefully Recovered Compulsive Eater in Massachusetts. Um, and Santa may ask you to time me. I don't have a timer nearby. Um, thank you so much. I just wanted to um, chime in and say um, uh, on this sentence, 
Um, it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was re- required um, of me to make my beginning. And um, I really love what has been shared. Everything that's been shared um, uh, really resonated with me about um, uh, what state I was in <laughs> prior to doing this work. Um, and now what I'm finding, and it just happened again this morning, the whole idea of being willing to believe in a power, um, now that I've done the work um, and I've been abstinent for a little over two years, which I'm finding out is not that much, um, uh, I, I feel like the state I'm in, like I can come across an event, a, a circumstance in my life, um, a, a, just an area of life, where I'm not believing, where I'm really not believing in the power that I believe in other areas of my life. Um, And all I have to do in those areas is go, okay, do I believe um, in a power greater than myself, even here, even with respect to this thing? Um, And I think because I've done the work and, and I am where I am now, when I say yes to that, when I really like go deep down within and, and feel the yes, I I will believe, I can believe, I do believe, um, then I feel it. Like I can feel the conscious contact with my higher power because I've made that conscious contact elsewhere. Um, and but it, but for me, this is a process that goes on and on because I do. It's not like okay, I said I believed and now I do every moment of every day no way you know um yeah and I just I just wanted to express that thanks very much and Santa, thank you for your service and thank you Carolyn SH and good morning Janice M and good morning to you Santa this is Janice M a grateful recovered compulsive overeater what a what a what a paragraph for painting a picture and that's what Bill is doing here you know, he's, he wants to take us, in hindsight, he, he wants to take us, he's building an arch. We're building an arch going through these steps. He wants us to, to take us through the arch to a freedom, which Ebby has found. Ebby found a freedom, and um, it, it's, it's going to be built. So this is the foundation, like when you build a house, okay, just picture it. Um, he's going to refer to, you know, building this arch in different ways, foundation, structure. But he's doing it, building, he's going to, we're going to create a spiritual structure. Um, and again, you know, Ebby is coming from the Oxford group, right? So the Oxford group was a religious group. So naturally they're using God because it was Christianity, but you know, we believe, and in, in the steps tell us, it doesn't say God, it says a power. So the beginning of this building, this structure, the, the foundation is called willingness. Now, for example, um, you know, I see a chair, and um, I, I'm willing to believe that it's going to hold me, so I sit on it, right? Uh, get out of bed, I'm willing to believe, you know, I, I had a willingness there. Um, even d- though I didn't know how strong the chair was or, or if I could get up, I had a willingness to believe in some type of power. Now, with me, with my disease, um, do I believe that I can change? No, I can't myself. 
because I'm powerless. I can't do those things because my experience shows that I couldn't. So here it is that, you know, can I believe that I can change, that I can have the willingness to believe that perhaps there will be a change? Well, I couldn't do it. Came to OA and I heard recovered people doing it. And then I had the willingness to do the same thing and back on these 12 steps to perhaps see if the aim, the goal, would be reached, my goal, my aim, the aim of the, of the book, to be the same as these other people. And, you know, in hindsight, you know, of course, it, it did work. So this is the key. The key is willingness. It doesn't mean I have to believe in my mother's God my mother's higher power, or my grandmother's, because I didn't. Um, I just had to believe and be willing to believe. I don't even have to believe at this, t- at this stage, because it's not telling us. It says came to. So uh, do I have the willingness, or am I defiant? Well, I was defiant for a long time. And uh, I had the willingness, I wanted to get better, but I was defiant. Oh, nope, can't believe in that stuff, you know, that spiritual stuff. Is this the time now? Yes. Oh, okay. So, therefore, I will pass. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you, Janice M. Good morning, Monica T. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. So, here we are in Bill's story, and he's sharing with us his step two process, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So here in this paragraph, first of all, I'm seeing squiggly writing, italics. And I was taught that whenever I saw that in a big book, that this was something very, very, very important. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. So I've already come to the conclusion in step one that I'm powerless. You know, I'm screwed. Nothing has worked. How's that working for you, Monica? It wasn't. And I had tried for many decades. Well, are you willing to believe in something greater than you? So step two, I need to come to this conclusion. If my problem is a lack of power, then the solution is a power greater than me. So it says here, just being willing to believe that there's a power greater than me. It's not saying I have to understand it. It's not saying I have to have it all figured out. Nothing more was required of me to make a beginning. You know, it's very important. It was very important for me to have a beginning. You know, every time before a new diet, I would get out the charts. I would make charts. I would study. I would do this and I would do that. And then Monday would start it, you know. Well, this is saying, Monica, are you willing to believe in a power greater than you or even the the possibility of a power greater than you? And if you can say yes, there's your starting point, Monica, then trust the process. Do the work. Do the action. I saw that growth could start from that point, and that's what I'm getting at. You You said yes, you got your starting point. Let's go. And then upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Would I have it? Of course I would. You know, what did I see in these recovered people? Man, they had something I wanted. They weren't crazy eating anymore, and they were happy about it. And I wanted that. You know, I had to come to believe, and I must be willing to make some changes. You know, pain brought me here, and it convinced me that I was powerless. 
and that I needed something greater than me that could help me. And the first 100 people are saying, yes, there is something. There is a power. It's worked for us. So just start. Do the work. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Monica T. Good morning, Tina S. Thanks, Santa. Tina S., uh, Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Great meeting. Thanks. Uh, you know, I like this also, and I and I like that it was shared that it's italicized, and that maybe I better pay extra special attention to some of this stuff. And 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 what I like about this is, you know, for me, I always I read in between the black instead of what, as a sponsor said early on, just read the black on the page and not in between, because I always had more to add because I was just so intelligent. And um and I thought on step two that you know I skipped over came to believe and already was at believe and I thought I was so against it. You know, I was raised Catholic and that didn't work. I had been there, done that, tried it, didn't work for me. And then uh, when it was explained to me that, that I could, all I needed was to be willing and that I could start right where I was at. Now, because, you know, for me, I thought, okay, uh, I could say today that I'm willing. I may not be tomorrow, but right here, right now, right where I'm at, I'm willing. And, uh, and that was just a revelation. And, and for me, you know, um, I didn't think about anything but that. You know, and so then I started, and I'm like, and it was just shared by everybody who shared. You know, I saw that growth could start from that point, so then I could continue to grow. That we weren't done right here, you know, because I had been done right here many times. So there was work to be done, and that, um, you know, that upon this, that I could build what I saw on my friend. You know, so build. I need to create to cultivate, and I did a relationship with a power greater than myself. And and through twelve steps, it says having had a spiritual awakening is you know, the result, you know, so my spirit was awakened through the process. And, uh, and I'm so grateful. And I love that, you know, of, of course, I would. Yes, of course, I would. And of course, I will. And, uh, and I continue to do this one day at a time without a pass. Thanks. And thank you, Tina S. And good morning, Elise M. Good morning. Um, this is Elise M. from France, a bulimic compulsive overeater restrictor. <clears throat> can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so um, thank you, um, everyone, for being here and for all of the shares. And, um, yeah, it, um, reading this, I was thinking about, like, what happened for me um, around this step, you know, the second step. And um, the preceding passages were important because um, it was important for me. I didn't realize how, um, you know, in turning the past um, statements into questions, um, it helped me see that um, I was holding on to vestiges of prejudice that were blocking me um, and um, that making me unwilling to believe because I was defining I was trying to believe in someone else's high power. Um, I love um, Jesus and I love Christianity, but I'm not a Christian. Um, and I was raised in Christian boarding schools. Um, and I didn't realize that there was part of me that instead of um, opening to my own spirituality, I was busy fighting and being scared of being judged um, by this dis different system, which I think is um, wonderful and beautiful, and yet um, 
I connect and um, access my higher power in um, a different way. Um, so it was important to um, see see the truth of what my mind was doing and how I was blocking higher power in my life. Um, and then also with this statement, it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Um, so, you know, I have to think of how I'm living my life. Um, I'm kind of living my life the opposite, um, that I was unwilling to believe in a power greater than myself. And what does that look like? That means that every single thing that happens that doesn't go according to Elise's plan um, Every look that I get, every way that someone acts, everything in my life, um, injury of my body, my eating disorder, blah, 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 um, I am saying there's no higher power, um, things aren't going my way, and I'm closing off from the sunlight of life, from the sunlight of the spirit. Um, and um, that um, I have to be willing to believe that there's a power greater than myself and that can start very very simply that just means that reality is right and my thoughts are wrong <laughs> about reality when that when I'm fighting reality um <clears throat> so thank you very much for um listening and I pass and thank you Elise M and Sarah W good morning Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. Sarah W., a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Uh, you know, the second step, um, which is what we're really talking about, you know, I think of um, the willingness that we have when we walk in the door is we come, and then we start to come to, we start to wake up, and then we come to believe. And I think we all do it differently. There's no right or wrong. The thing that strikes me about it is, uh, do I believe that I can be restored to sanity by by the program, let alone anything else? Uh, that's what keeps me here. And I do have a higher power. Uh, but um, I think so many people have to define it so clearly. And I think it's indefinable. Uh, and... Um, it's that sensation, that thing in our heart that we believe is there with us all through. You know, I've been struggling lately some um, with nighttime eating, and um, I'm really glad I can say it out loud. It's important to say. Um, fortunately, I've not gotten back into sugar, but what I realized, and I really felt like God was speaking to me this morning, that there were some changes that I needed to make. And it's not about a shame thing. Uh, for me, it's really about an honest appraisal and a self-correction and an asking with the willingness and humility that God help me and do the, do the things I know I need to do. And I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm not perfect, um, and I know a lot of the reasons. You know, one is I need to step up on my 10 steps but I also know that uh, God can and will and is restoring me to sanity. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sarah W. And who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read? Nancy R. Leah M. And Leah M. Good morning, Nancy R. Hi. Good morning, uh, Santa. I'm Nancy R. I'm a grateful, compulsive overeater. 
And um, I'd like to thank you for your service and each individual who has shared. Uh, you know, uh, this is like going to class every day. And um, how, I mean, how wonderful to be able to go to class uh, in my PJs and get so much, so much life-affirming information. I'd like to speak on uh, the, the, the statement that I saw that growth could start. And that, um, that is so, so important for me. Um, I was a person of, uh, I was very, I was born in a very religious household. And so the process of, for me, finding a, a higher power was, was very difficult. I thought when I first read that, I thought, oh, I got this down. And I really discovered that it took me, a, I had to let go of a lot of conception. It was very difficult because my, um, my conception of God was tied in with my father, who, uh, who was a pastor and whom I just adored. But I, I found I had to let go of a lot of conceptions. And at the time, I felt I was being disloyal. So it was very difficult for me. But I found that in order for me to recover, I had to find a concept of God that uh, would work for me because the one I had had not been working. And, uh, you know, once I uh, became recovered and began to understand more and more of this program, I understood, I understood why my conception of God had not worked. But the one I have uh, today does work, but I have to continually work at it. It has to be able to grow. Um, as I grow in the program, my uh, relationship with God is my number one um, priority today, and it's something that I must continuously work at. Um, I discovered that I, my meditation part has been very uh, weak, or really non-existent. What I call meditation, well, you know, what I used to call meditation, does not work for me anymore because I've become conscious of this power in my life, and I must work at uh, uh, prayer meditation. So I have been seeking out. I have been seeking out ways to improve my meditation. I mentioned it on the program, and I got some wonderful feedback. And uh, uh, it's something that, that I have to continue to grow. I can't become stagnant in any area of my recovery. Every day is different. Every uh, life challenges are different. I cannot do rely upon the faith I had when I first came in. It must grow in order for me to stay recovered. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you, Nancy R. And good morning, Leah M. Very much. Uh, nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point of willingness, essentially. And, you know, what a blessing that is. I don't know about your disease, but I can tell you about mine. Um, you know, I was absolutely cornered. I was cornered, uh, like Bill was cornered. Um, allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. All I had to do was look back on, you know, basically two decades of um, madness and mayhem in the disease of compulsive overeating to see where I was at. So steps one and two were merely conclusions of the mind. You know, I was raised in a very secular, academic type of environment, and, you know, naturally, you know, 
I wanted to <laughs> perhaps have a better understanding of what this God was, this higher power was, but the reality was that I was going to die during the investigation. You know, when you're being chased by a gun, it's not the love of running that keeps you moving ahead. In this case, pain was the greatest uh, motivator for me to effectuate change. Um, I didn't have to understand it. All my guide said was that there is a God and you're not it. Because once you've accepted step one, admitting that you're powerless over food, that your life has become unmanageable, as was uh, my situation, you know, we, you realize that to continue to compulsive overeat means continued torture, suffering, and disaster. Well, so does continuing to rely entirely on yourself to stop compulsively overeating. And I had much experience with trying to stop on my own. I stopped thousands of times. I could not stay stopped. So if I knew that I couldn't rely on myself, then my choices narrowed down to either relying on some power greater than myself, which I did not yet understand, or being doomed to a compulsive overeater's death. And the big book states that those aren't easy alternatives to face, but they're on the only ones I got. There was no door number three. I kept searching, but I was going to search until my death. And feelings were irrelevant in this. I had to just reconsider or die. Did I want to continue to suffer in this illness as it continued to progress? Or was I willing to believe because I saw it in the faces and I heard it in the voices and other people? You know, did my idea of handling my disease on my own work? No, absolutely not. So without any knowledge and without any certitude and no connection and no concrete evidence, I took a leap and I said, God, whoever you are, whatever you are, please save me from myself and proceeded to embark on this spiritual journey of the steps. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lady Ma'am. And we have one minute remaining, and I'll take a moment here to share. Uh, I, my process has evolved over the four years I've been in recovery, and today I see um, here that Bill was an individual that was living on his finite thinking. He was living on his ego. And I see him as a spiritual being just as myself who always knew that he was connected to a power, just like I am. It's just that he was, it was clouded by his own finite reasoning. And so what I'm hearing here, what I'm seeing here is for, for him to begin to grow and for him to begin to make his beginning, that means to, to, to turn away from his finite self and to begin to look at his infinite, his infinite self, his, his, the power which is in him. It's not something that's outside of him. It's in him. And so he was always there. He, he noticed that it was there every time he thought about the cathedral because those are those gleams of moments that he knew that there was a power that um, was always there with him that he needed to turn to at some point. But when, just like me, when I realized that my intellect will only get me so far, I had to begin to build a new foundation and create a new friend and turn towards that power within myself that I caused so many names today, but it's just a power. It's an invisible force. It's a force that is energy. We are all connected to it. 
because I truly believe that we all are spiritual beings having a human experience. And with that, I pass. And thank you to everyone who has shared. The share ID today is Monday. I mean, sorry, the share ID for today, Monday, March 7th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 9686. Again, 9686. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of studying. study immediately following closing. We will close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa B., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggested only, please. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. This is Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will be sure and you will surely meet some of us as you, as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.